Okay, welcome to Haven't Seen It, the podcast in which we try to explain the plots of movies that we have never, ever seen, and we only have the title to go off. Today, as always, as always, 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 I am joined by James Kirkland. I am trapped here. <laughs> uh, and today's special guests are Michael John Fredun. Good day. And Nilly Zadok. Hi, howdy, hello. Today's film, if we're all ready. We are ready. Drum roll, please. Yes. Mm -hmm. Today's film is called The Ninth Configuration. Ooh. Oh, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> oh, la la. This, sounds heady. It sounds, it this, sounds heated. This is Do we have any questions about the title? A tasty one. No, I'm going to rip right into it. Here we go. I will only say that this was the title they finally agreed on, and James will tell you why. There was some controversy, okay? And when you hear the players involved, you understand. Okay, so we open up in Chile. 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 Comprende? Claro. Okay, so we're on top of this kind of Mesa Vista, clean, just absolutely cloudless, moonless, starry night. There is, it's just, you, you can almost hear the stars. They're so clean and clear, you know, like, like, is like. It, are, we, are we in present day or what, what, what year are we're we in? We're in the timeless forever. Obviously stars don't have, but yes, we're in 1996. Practically we're in 1996. Obviously. 1996, Chile. And the stars are just absolute. And they, they can almost hear them. They're like, you know, when, when like somebody winks, they're like, ding. There's a divineness to it, a holiness, a certain je ne sais quoi, le, le, it's God. And and then we kind of pan up, <laughs> kind of pan up, and we see that there's this um, beautiful old observatory that almost looks handmade, uh, like a storybook, like it, like somebody it's like somebody just built this observatory of scrap through a lifetime of, of, of just hoarding metal and and, and crudely, like artisanal. Yeah, it's an artisanal, like as if Geppetto, after making Pinocchio, decided to make this. Yes, and and then we kind of see that the the doors of the observatory crank open and they come in and make this horrible squeaking sound, like an old bicycle that hasn't been greased. And then the telescope kind of, you know, extends out towards it. And then we see the old man who's who's working the wheels. It's actually a couple. It's an old man and an old woman who are like this couple who've been working on this. And they, they, it's really cute because they've designed it so they both can sit and look at the stars together. Like these little two chairs. And then they can both like look. And you're like, oh, this is so adorable. What a cute little... Adorbs, I was just going to say. Yeah, what an adorable... Who plays uh, the, the old couple? Samuel L. Jackson and Sigourney Weaver. Sam Jackson and Sigourney Weaver. Yes, it's it. It's it's the couple you never expected, but there yeah. they are. But it's kind of a dream couple, to be honest. Like that's like finally, you know, I've shipped them in my my dreams before, but now here they are sharing the silver screen, and it's wonderful to see. So uh, they're looking out, and you're like, what are they? Are just looking at the stars? But then we kind of realize that maybe, uh, you know, in their slight little like looks and conversation, we kind of pick up that this is a couple maybe don't they didn't have any children. It just didn't happen for them. Maybe they wanted it to happen, but, you know, it didn't quite work out for whatever reason. But as they look, they see something. It's twinkling harder, and it's twinkling faster, and it's twinkling towards them. And then they realize... So... Uh, okay, go ahead. No, ask, ask away. Are these... So, because right now it just sounds like there's an old couple who live in a... At the observatory? But they don't live there, really. 
they're, 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 you know, and that's where James is, is, is going to, he's going to break into a little more clarity on, you know, who they are and, and what they're actually looking for. But this is the opening. You guys need to understand this. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is the sequence. So, you know, you're, you're establishing these two people. You'll get to know them later, but really they're looking through this double paired telescope and, and there's, you can see them worrying. This isn't a normal night. It's calm. The conditions are perfect. You know, you can hear the stars, the, the you know, the rustling of the trees down below. And it, and it's, and it, and that bright light does come closer. And I think we need to understand that Sam Jackson, whose name in the movie is uh, James, Help me out here. Whose name is uh, Pietro? Pietro. Pietro. And Pietro, Sam Jackson, is a non-believer. In other words, he doesn't believe in aliens. He understands the statistics of it. That you know, there's enough worlds out there, and, and there's enough galaxies that statistically, there's got to be another planet with another Pietro who's sitting up there with his uh, his other half, and they're looking back towards them. But he, he doesn't believe in aliens until this evening, Mm-mm. and that's where things change. And and it and not in a uh, a Ridley Scott way, you know. This isn't Sigourney Weaver things breaking out of her stomach kind of thing. This is this is more cathartic. This is philosophical for him. But and, Sigourney's the believer. She is the believer, um, but she hides it, and and he she doesn't want him to. She doesn't want to hurt his feelings, but she she secretly knows that there is something else out there. What it is, she doesn't know what it is. But. Is that where their tension comes from, or their relationship? That they you know, maybe they, that's why they did. Is that the reason why they never had children? Is because uh, Sigourney can't imagine bringing children into a world of non-believers, and Samuel Jackson can't imagine bringing children into a world of believers. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that brings a lot of tension to the relationship. But it's really understanding what she went through when she was younger. Which kind of goes full circle in this film, right? As as James was explaining about the the bright light coming down. Yeah, exactly. The bright light is coming down now. And I will. I should explain that that uh, Sigourney Weaver does play her character's name is Ellen Ripley. So it is. It's it is kind of confusing because it's not obviously this is not like an aliens movie, <laughs> but her name is Ellen Ripley. So she. I, I will add that the marketing team did take advantage of this, and and I know yeah. that it's been on all the posters and media, Cruelly. and the campaign. But uh, it, so so what you're saying is that there's there's a film starring Sigourney Weaver and Sam Jackson in which yeah. in which she is called Ellen Ripley yeah. with a poster of the Alien movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, that isn't. Alien. Sounds like a licensing fiasco. Yeah, no, this was this was this is why we've never seen this movie. There was a, it was a lot there was a lot of lawsuits. There's a lot of lawsuits, and that's kind of why we never seen. That's why I haven't seen this. I mean, you probably haven't either. Uh, it, it was vaulted. Yeah, uh, and and remains in the studio vaults to to this day after pre, you know post lawsuit. Uh, this film was made in 1980. What's 16 yep. years? Exactly. And uh, uh, was partially financed by PepsiCo. Yes. After a bunch of money they had left over that wasn't allowed to be taken out of Hungary, where this film was made. (laughs) And they ended up having to spend it and co-finance the film. Yes. Well, we'll become very clear in a second. Anyhow, so there's... Bang, boom. Red lights. Outside, uh, there's a big explosion. Like So Ellen Ripley and Pietro look at each other and like... We gotta go. So they 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 get out. They kind of jump into their um, golf cart, and they drive. You know, it's about like a mile and a half away. And then they approach, and they see the smoldering crater. And 
and there's a full bit of fire in there. And, and you know, Pietro takes the fire extinguisher from the golf cart, puts it out the fire. And then uh, Ellen Ripley slowly reaches her hand in and, and she gingerly touches uh, the sheer metal orb. And she touches it and she gets an electric shock and she jumps back. But then she sees that having touched it, it somehow activated the orb and the orb starts doing some kind of crazy puzzle thing that sounds like, you know, like a machine gears, like futuristic machine gears. Like, and then opening, and then inside is what can only be described as Stacy Keach. <laughs> this film stars Stacy, it actually does. It stars Stacy Keach. It's Stacy Keach. With his mustache looking as great as it always did, he uh, he kind of just pop, he just kind of pops out, and, and uh, Sam Sam Jackson Pietro's like, "What the hell is what what what?" And and, and Ellen Rimm is like, "Shh, no, it's okay." And then they see the lights in the distance, sirens, helicopters, they're coming towards them. It's the government, it's the Chileans, the United Nations, the World Health Organization. They're all they're all kind of converging on this site. So they're like, oh, you know, let's skedaddle. Uh, is what Sam says. <laughs> and they jump into the golf cart and they, they peel out and kind of head back down the mountain to their little abode. Um, and Sam like Keach is kind of like whimpering like a baby. It's an incredible performance. He's playing like this, you know, he's just a newborn baby, but he's a grown man holding a Pepsi bottle. And I think at this point, Sigourney is saying, what the hell is going on? And, and, and it's explained for the audience. This is an engineered virus. It's not really an alien. The thing has been, you know, this is this is biological warfare, and and this is just a delivery system. It's it's military. Stacy Keach is a delivery system. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it it it's it's diabolical. It's biological. So it's it's the individual has become it's biological. The, it's diabolical. Yeah. Uh, so this film was directed by William Peter Blatty. Ah, uh, Will. Who wrote. The Exorcist. Yes, yes, it, yeah. And when they get back to the house, and Pietro changes his clothes into his <laughs> priest outfit, it all becomes very clear where this is going. Because as Ellen Ripley is kind of trying to nurse the Stacy Keach baby creature, biological delivery device to health, the creature starts exhibiting it. Yeah, signs of demonic possession. And this was the original blueprint for The Exorcist. And obviously, you can understand why this wasn't released. I think just going the... Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, so do yeah. we think this was a prequel? An unreleased prequel. It is kind of a prequel, except for... Instead of holy water, they use Pepsi to try to treat the Stanley Keach demon baby from, you know, ejecting its biological warfare upon the population of Chile, all of South America, it was spread to the world. It turns out that the secret recipe, the secret recipe is a secret recipe. It's a cure, really. If everyone drank Pepsi, then there would be no issue. All that funding, they really jammed in the Pepsi, huh? Yes. Another bit of trivia that I found was quite fascinating is that the only condition under which Blatty would accept money from Pepsi uh, is that there was absolutely no product placement. Hence the baby. Of any kind. Yeah, called Pepsi. Right. right. So, how, how, so the baby was named Pepsi. <laughs> did they sneak it in there? How did they? Uh... 
Yeah, and the Pepsi is called water. It's confusing. So what they've done is they've kind of they've in in this world they've created, like what Pepsi is called water, and then if they open the fountain or they run a bath, they go, "Oh, are you are you getting how hot is the Pepsi?" This film, as I already mentioned, stars Stacy Keach, according to you guys, as a small baby with a mustache. Um, uh-huh. It also stars yeah. Scott Wilson, uh, who's an amazing actor who was in The Heat of the Night, uh, and also stuff The Walking Dead. And it also, interestingly, stars Jason Miller, who plays, if you guys are real Exorcist fans, who does uh, Jason Miller play? The mother who gets fucked in the hell? Oh. <laughs> so ah, he, really? He plays Father Karras, huh. the young priest from The Exorcist. Oh, exactly. okay. Uh, and oh, okay. interestingly also, I thought yeah. that, so I don't know, have you guys ever have heard of the- Have you all seen The Exorcist? Yes, I have. Oh, right. Not yes. when you watch The Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. not seen The Exorcist. Have not, no. Okay, then we're going to do an episode just with you, Nilly. <laughs> all right. It's pretty spooky. It's pretty spooky. What do you think The Exorcist is about? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we we we've we we've already established that um that there that we, that this is a prequel. So right. so I'm, Stacey Keach is a grown man who gets who who gets morphed into a baby. Oh, like a Benjamin Button type deal. <laughs> like a Benjamin Button, indeed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let, we'll we'll save it. We'll save up. Mm-hmm. We'll save that up for another episode. Have you guys heard of the Wilhelm scream? For sure. Michael, you might know it. Oh yeah. Right? Love it. Ah! Right. So Ah. this film does not have that scream. It has something called the Howie scream, which is the second most used stock scream in Hollywood. Huh. How's that one go? We're going to hear it right now. Insert sound effect here. Yeah. (laughs) Insert here. Insert here. No, here. See what I mean, guys? That's what the Howie scream sounds like. Howie (laughs) scream? Oh, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Oh, that scream. Oh, that's They do scream. sound similar. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scream. That's yeah. one of the best ones. It's the Yeah! Yeah, that one's really good. That's really good. Yeah. So the plot of this film is not... I've actually forgotten the plot of what... what, what the Ninth Configuration. Configuration. Um, the Ninth Configuration, a movie from 1980 directed by William Peter Blatty, who wrote The Exorcist. William Peter Blatty said that this, according to him, as far as he's concerned, is Ah. the follow-up to The Exorcist. I must watch. It is a story of Colonel Kane, who is an army psychiatrist, who is sent to an obscure psychiatric clinic in the uh, northwest of the United States, specifically for Vietnam War veterans. Uh, and he, he sent there to try and figure out whether the inmates at this institution mm. are faking their uh, madness or not. And he's particularly intrigued by a psychotic former astronaut called Captain Cutshaw, who, because of Colonel Kane's own sort of inner demons, keeps triggering all sorts of horrible, feverish, recurring nightmares. And they end up getting to this crazy metaphysical discussion, a theological debate about the existence of God and evil. And then they, I think they decide to work together to determine what these mental breakdowns of the rest of the soldiers in this unit are all about. Wow. And as you can imagine, if this is written and directed by Peter Blatty, William Peter Blatty, it's going to be one hell of a crazy film. The Ninth Configuration. That sounds awesome. The uh, uh, this episode of 
um, haven't seen it, is sponsored by Pepsi. Coincidentally. What are the chances? Wow. Huh. Hey, guys, you ever have a thing where you don't know uh, if your insides are, are uh, doing their uh, shit? Fuck. Pepsi. Pepsi. It's not your mother's drink. It's, uh, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Pepsi. Pepsi. Just cut it. Cut it. Let's end this there. They have Bluetooth. Pepsi, we have Bluetooth now. Oh, God. What am I doing? Oh, man. 